Jessica Kavanaugh Dornbush. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, and today my guest is writer-director Jessica Kavana Dornbush, and we're going to be discussing her brand new movie entitled Rifa. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk to you about this film. I have to tell you, I was a mess after I watched it. I was literally, um, (laughs) I don't know how many tissues I had to get, but I had to get quite a few. Um, And uh, so I'm really, yeah, no, no, that's good. (laughs) I always say that um, movies should move you in some way, whatever way it may be. If it's supposed to scare you, scare you. If it's supposed to touch you, you know, touch your heart, then great. Um, But, uh, you know, whatever it is, you know, that... You laugh if it's a comedy, but this movie really did touch me. And even though I I, I was aware of the story, um, it still had a, a huge impact on me. So our audience knows um, what we're, what the film is about. Can you give us a brief brief synopsis, Jessica? Um, sure. Uh, Rifa is the story of a boy uh, from Miami. His name was Israel Rifa Hernandez. Rifa was his artist name who was an incredibly talented artist. He had just won an art scholarship and he was spending the last summer in Miami with his friends, his family. He was falling in love for the first time before heading to New York on an art scholarship. Um, And I'm going to give away a little bit of the ending, but it's, it's part of the story and it's, it's been all over the news. Um, He was one of, one of the cases in 2013, he was killed by the Miami beach police for painting a, a, a wall, an illegal wall. Um, so that's the story of Israel's life and we turned it into a feature film and yeah, I mean, but the the film is really dedicated to his life. And it's such a, you know, such an amazing story. And, and, and here we are on the heels of getting justice for the death of George Floyd. Um, yeah. And, you know, and this film, um, it just it was amazing to me that there was no, ju- there was no justice. I don't know if that's changed um, subsequently. But not only was there no justice when you had at the end of the film that the police officer was promoted, uh, that just shocked me. So talk a little bit about that, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, I mean, um, it was funny. I was was talking about, uh, with a friend of mine today, about the difference between George Floyd and, and Israel's case. And obviously, the main difference being that you know, for for all intents and purposes, what what helped George Floyd's case is the fact that he was it was filmed and that somebody was courageous enough to put the entire thing on video. And I think that once you had it on video, the the violence that these police officers exhibited was undeniable. Um, and I think the ju- the jury saw that. In in Israel's case, there was no footage, there was no video, and the police were able to use the argument that they've used many a time, which is that they they were at risk. They were in danger, and that's why they needed to use a taser for an excessive amount of minutes right into Israel's heart in order to stop him when there was six police officers against one 18-year-old kid with a skateboard. Um, but I think those are the two main differences between their cases. Uh, Israel's family, you know, the, the, the prosecutor never, never saw through any charges with the police officer. Um, in fact, since I believe it's 1982, around then, um, no no police officer in Miami Beach has ever been prosecuted for any kind of violence, um, even though there's been so many charges 
brought up against them, but they've just never gone through with any of them. Um, they tried to do a civil case against the police officer, but they ultimately uh, settled. They just they they couldn't bear that the city was going to drag their son's name through the mud, you know, in order to to try to get these officers out off. And they just they 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 couldn't find themselves going through it again. Um, and then the last thing is Israel's family, you know, were, were guests in this country. They they were here on an invited guests. I mean, they they were here on an asylum visa, and they were waiting for their green cards, and they were doing. Everything they were supposed to be doing, they had their kids in school, the kids got great grades in school, they graduated, they got scholarships, they, they tried to do everything by the book. And the, the son, look, he made a mistake, he was a kid, he shouldn't have been painting the wall, but it was an abandoned building that was about to be torn down, and in most cases, that would have been a slap on the wrist. Um, but for immigrants who constantly have a fear of, you know, not getting their visa or being deported for the wrong reasons, they were extra careful, and unfortunately, it was the reason that he ran from the police that night. Um, in a normal circumstance, he probably would have gotten a slap on the wrist, but in his case, he ran. He was scared he would jeopardize his parents' visa status, so he ran, and it ultimately killed him. And it's just so tragic. I mean, you know, here he is, um, this young man who is an aspiring artist and by all accounts a very good artist, um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I guess that, I mean, that is a form of art, is painting buildings, yeah. and they have places yeah. where they actually allow them to do this, um, and many p- throughout the country, you know, because they've seen that this is yeah. a way of expressing, and, he, and the building was going to be torn down. You know, that's the other yeah. thing. You know, the building was scheduled to be torn down. So, yeah, I just, I, and the, the, what also, now I know in the film, the police officer is depicted, I believe, is he also an immigrant? Is he also someone who immigrated to the U.S.? He is. He is. Um, listen, there's not much information on, on the police officer. Um, whatever I, I got, I got from, you know, certain people that, that told me and, and from his testimony during the, the court case. But, um, yeah, he's an immigrant. He's a child of immigrants, just like Israel was. Um, but unfortunately, there is. And we saw this in, in, in the last election. I mean, how how many people did we know who were immigrants or children of immigrants that have an incredibly strong stance on future immigrants. Um, it's sad. I mean, for me, that the, the hypocrisy is, is pretty astounding. It, it really is. I mean, I think, I think um, all of us in America were pretty astounded when we saw that. Uh, not only, you know, you're in Miami, you know, and in Florida, but we saw it, you know, also in Texas and other places where there's a of lot course. of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in California, you know, we have, you know, we, yeah. the same thing here. So it, it was, it was surprising yeah. how the immigrants are many yeah. of them are anti-immigrant. <laughs> That's just a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. We have a bunch of friends who my husband's from Venezuela, and we we actually lived in Venezuela as Chavez took power there, and we moved here. And many Venezuelans I knew um, suddenly were walking around with with red hat. And listen, I don't want to turn this to political, but right. they they were walking around, you know, in support of of Trump. And I said how can you support these policies? You're here. You were able to come. And they said, yeah, but now there's just too many. I'm like, I, okay. 
unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. Yeah. It's it, it just truly is. It is. Wow. Um, so how did you, I mean, you wrote this as well as directed it. So yeah. how did you, what made you decide to, sh- to tell the story? Because there's many, you've decided to stay in Miami and do uh, most of your films in Miami. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. With Which I think is wonderful. Did, yeah. And, um, yeah. but so how did this particular story come to you? Why did you decide to tell this story? Um, you know, I, I, I was approached by a producer about a year after Israel had passed away, and he was a producer at a local news station here that had been covering Israel's case quite a bit, and they had been covering as well the corruption with the, the taser company that ultimately um, killed him. Um, so, so the producer called me and he said, you know, I really would like to introduce you to Israel's family. I think this could make a wonderful feature film. And I was a little hesitant at first. Um, Fruitville Station had just come out and, and, you know, it's such a phenomenal film and mm-hmm. it had one fun dance. And I, I just didn't think there was room for two, two very similar stories. But it was when I met Israel's family and I, I, I met them and I, they were just such a wonderful family and so not the, the prototypical immigrant family that you would imagine that this would happen to that I said, you know, I think that there's something here. And, I really wanted to tell the story of that irony, you know, of, of coming to this country, risking everything, losing everything that you've ever had to come to this country in order to save your kid's life, only to ultimately have it end by those sworn to protect and defend. And I, um, I, I, that, that was the part that I really, I, I just felt it was so important to tell that, that aspect of the story. And then the more I got to know Israel and Israel's artwork and his passion and just what an incredible kid he was, I decided that, Instead of making the story about his death, I really wanted to make the story about this incredible kid and, and the, his journey and the struggles that he and his family went through. Um, I just thought that that would make the, the ending ultimately more impactful. It, it, and it does. And, and what's so wonderful is, again, you are, uh, we, we hear about so many, I mean, every time you turn around, there's another, you know, death yeah. by, you know, somebody, a policeman, I'm so sorry to say it, but, you know, shooting uh, black and brown people and, and killing them yeah. for, for virtually no reason at all. And um, yeah. just minor, you know, things like this is minor. And, you know, and unfortunately, because I think we're, we become numb we become numb to the numbers you know and another mass shooting you know how many more times can we hear that too and we we do become more because it's become so prevalent that we become numb to it and so one of the things i i did watch the george floyd trial pretty 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 uh, pretty intensely Mm -hmm. you know i didn't watch every single minute but i watched a lot of it and i there was in what one of the things that um, came out in this trial is they, they made him a human being as much as the defense attorney tried to make him into some kind of monster. He was not. And, um, and, you know, and so you've done the same thing with this film. I mean, this is a young 18 year old who had his life ahead of him, who was excited about his life. And you're right, had just fallen in love. Um, and the woman he had fallen in love was in New York and he was going to New York. And, and, and so, you know, to have that. I mean, you just follow the story, and it's beautifully done. Um, the story is beautifully Thank done. Um, it, it truly is. It just takes you along, and, and it um, and it's just so well told and so well written and so well acted. And I do want to talk about the uh, the actors in this film, but it, you humanized yeah. who this young man is because we we lose sight that these are human beings who have 
a life, you know, and, and they're not yeah. just a number at all, you know, right. and, um, and, and, and let me just also say, you know, let's go back to the tasing a little bit. You know, so many people go, Oh, well, like the, yeah. the shooting the other day, another young teenager. And they said, why couldn't they have tased her and everything? And to see your film, I mean, it's like tasing's not always hundred percent the answer either. I was, uh, you know, tasing can kill people. Now right. have they changed that since this particular, um, incident with, with Rifa? You know, in, in Miami, they did. They Well, they, they at least put body cameras on the police officers. So that was definitely an improvement. Um, you know, I, I'm not really sure where they are with the taser laws, but there there are pretty clear restrictions on, on the way that you're supposed to handle and not handle a taser. And one of them is you're, you're never supposed to shoot it right at the person's heart, which is what happened in this case. And it's I believe the taser comes out in three-second increments. And in Israel's case, I, I, I don't even remember what the number was, but it was a crazy number for how many minutes of shock went into his body. And according to your film, he yeah. has his hands up and everything. He's not, he's not struggling yeah. or doing anything. Oh, yeah. No, he was already there. They had him. They didn't. Yeah. They, they, I mean, completely. Un- I mean, listen, granted, that's not what the police say, but um, we, we, he, we did have first person sources there. I mean, his two friends were there that night and, and he was already surrounded by the time that they chased him. And, and, and what's he going to do? Spray can them, you know? <laughs> spray paint right, them. I right. mean, no, you know, exactly, take a can exactly. of spray. Yeah, and, and, spray and, paint and to your them. point, I think it is important to humanize the victims. I mean, one of the loveliest things with George Floyd is is how many people are posting the picture with with he and and his daughter on his shoulders. Yes. Um, and I think that's that's a beautiful thing. And and look, at the end of the day, um, the other police officer that is in the film that I, I added into the film, it was my way of, of saying, look, not all not all police officers are bad. I don't know if there was someone like that that night. That was my creation. But I want to believe that I've met enough good police officers that somebody had to have been there trying to stop the situation. I was- um, and, and you know, hopefully hopefully those will, will eventually be the ones that, that win and stay and, and, and protect us because they are in, in, in many times in situations of danger. And, and we do have to give them credit for that. It's unfortunate that the bad apples are really the ones getting all of the attention these days. It is unfortunate. And um, yes, I, I, we, we do need the police. We need good police. We, we, we you know, we're, we depend on them. And, um, but it, you yeah. know, it is scary. I, I won't even get into, I had a conversation with yeah. a friend about all of this. I said, well, you're not a black man. You know, it's different getting right, stopped. Right. Um, you know, if Absolutely. you're a black man Absolutely. than it is if you're a, a white man or a white woman, even for that that respect yeah. too. So it's yeah, and that yeah, and I, I mean that's absolutely true. I yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no! At the at the screening the other night, um, we had we had a premiere a few nights ago, and and we had a, a question and answer session afterward. Um, and I I was telling the audience an anecdote that happened to us during production, which is we were shooting um, the whole chase sequence very close to where Israel was killed. And, you know, same police force monitors that area, but we had a permit and we had the right to be there. And they found out we were there. It was a mistake of one of the crew. We, we had something stolen, so they had to report it. And the police came and somebody told them what the movie was about. And um, they completely shut us down in an incredibly aggressive and violent way. They they told us to basically get the, the hell out of Miami Beach and never come back. Oh, my goodness. Um, shutting us down halfway through our scene, halfway through our film, it it, it really affected us. It was hard. Um, and more than that, you know, 
I was I was completely in shell shock that this had happened. And I and I had tried to speak to one of the officers that night and I, I said, you know, please can we talk about this? You know, we have a permit to be here. And he I can't repeat on air the words that he used, but it was really it was really bad. And I said this to one of Israel's friends who was a consultant on the film, and she said, All right, imagine how scary that was for you and you're surrounded by what, a fifty person crew and cameras. She said, Now imagine you're a kid alone who's eighteen years old. Mm-hmm. And I said, You're right. And it, it, it did put that moment, everything came into perspective in that moment. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, obviously you were able to finish the film. Yeah. <laughs> you went ahead and We were, we were, yeah, by, by I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's really remarkable we finished that film. I mean, Miami um, is a small film community and everybody really rallied and people from all different productions heard about what happened to us and showed up the next day to help us, um, to help us scour scout locations and, and find a location that would match the initial location and helped us put it together. Um, it was a really a beautiful thing to watch what happened the next day. Isn't it amazing? It's, you know, when we have adversity and, and, and then good things come out of that adverse, adversity, we don't exactly. always expect that it will, but uh, that that is good. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the uh, young actor who plays the lead, Tyler yes. Dean Flores, um, who plays Rifa. Yeah. He is absolutely adorable, just adorable. He's um, adorable. He's so good in this <laughs> film. So how did you discover him? Because again, you're working in the Miami film industry. You know, you don't, it's not Hollywood. You don't have as many actors and actresses to choose from, I would think. Right. Um, so to find this young actor, actually, the whole cast is wonderful. Um, yeah. The whole cast. Um, yeah, we did. We we cast we cast quite a bit of it in L.A. Um, I cast some of it locally. And, and Tyler actually um, came from a friend of mine. We had another actor initially attached to the role and of, of Israel, and it didn't ultimately work out with him. And I was speaking to a friend who's a producer in New York, and he said, I think I have your guy. Um, and he put Tyler on tape for me. Tyler, you know, hadn't really um, been a lead. He, he had a film that he was co- close to the lead, but this was his, his really his first real leading role. And he put him on tape. And I just said, I mean, this is it. Tyler just, he reminded me of, of Basquiat. He reminded me of like one of those ar- artists that just is, you know, he can't, he can't even fake it in real life. Um, he's just incredible. He's soulful. He's smart. He loves to create, and and I just knew that, um, on top of anything else, that that those are the qualities I was looking for to to represent Israel. Well, then, yeah, when you say soulful, that's the per- perfect ro- uh, word for him because that's what you you yeah. see. You know, you see his soul in this film, and you yeah. don't always see that with every actor on the screen, but you definitely see it with him. Right. And um, and you know, he was just yes, he he's he's absolutely the whole cast is. Now, let's talk about the parents. Yeah. Um, and, yes. Uh, George, sorry. sorry is that, go ahead. Is that uh, George Sear is the father? Who, no, no. George Sear is is plays. Um, George Sear is a wonderful young actor. Um, he's the one who plays Etone, um, Israel's friend, the one who's drumming in the the chase sequence. Okay. Um, he he's the one on the drums. He's he's an incredible young actor. He's on a show on Hulu right now called Love Victor. Um, and he's he's a great actor. No, the parents are played by Jose Zuniga and uh, Margarita Rosa de Francisco. Um, she she's a, a wonderful, really renowned Colombian actress. And Jose Zuniga is, I mean, just a force. I mean, he's incredible. He's been in a million different productions. Um, he was so 
he's been in so many productions with so many bigger directors and bigger productions, and he just could not have been more humble and wanting to tell the story and, and there for the right reasons. Well, I knew he looked familiar to me. I mean, I know I've seen him yeah. in a number of things, and I was like, you know, he just looks so familiar to me. Um, he looks like exactly. Raul Julia. He could be his brother. Yes, yes, he does. Doesn't he? <laughs> Who also, we lost so young. We lost him so young. I loved Raul Julia. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, very, so, um, again, was that, was it hard to, to cast this film? Did it take a long time to find the actors that could embody these wonderful people and real, you know, these real life people? Yeah, I mean, no. You know, compared to everything else with the film, that the casting was actually a really easy aspect of it. Um, we... Once we had the financing, I think we cast the entire film in about a month or two. Um, I, I went out to L.A. And, you know, in 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 defense of, of these, not in defense, really, in, in the credit uh, to these actors, um, Latino actors haven't always gotten their due. And they just, they most of the actors, when they, when they found out about the story, and I'm saying most of the actors, even the ones that came to the audition that weren't ultimately cast, were so passionate about getting this film onto the screen that they were willing to do it for our small budget and just help out and do anything they needed to do to, to help us tell the story. How long did it take you to make this film? Um, it, in total, about seven years. Oh, my um, gosh. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. I mean, Israel, Israel was killed in 2013, and I, I started about a year after that. Um, and it took five years um, to get the financing together, um, where it, it came together and fell apart so many different heartbreaking times. And, um, and then we finally had the financing and, and got into pre-production, cast it, filmed it, and then we had it ready to go. I was, I was doing um, our sound mix in Los Angeles early of March last year, and we were supposed to screen it here in Miami on March 12th for the Miami Film Festival. We had a 1,500-person a screening and and that was the day that the world got shut down <laughs> oh my goodness so i know i know did it you have tough. the screening or not have the, you didn't have the screening even we didn't we no. didn't everything got closed that day yeah wow. i mean but yeah. um so we just we just did we just had our our big miami screening and it was it was beautiful oh that's great that's great where can yeah. people see this film jessica yeah, so um, the film is is out in theaters, but but mostly in Miami, um, and nationally it's out on every digital platform. It's on Apple and Amazon Prime and uh, Vudu and Samsung and Google Play and on demand and other digital platforms. I don't know, but it's out on almost all of them. Wonderful! I, I want people to uh, to really look for this film, Arifa. We'll, we're going to, um, yeah. It's it's Thank it's you. definitely one that you definitely want to watch. What are you working on now? Do you have any other projects that you're working on now? I do. I do. I'm working on, on several others. Um, one of them is, is a pretty big one that will hopefully be announced soon, um, which is really exciting. And it's, uh, it's light <laughs> and, and, and fun. And, and I think that um, I'm really excited about that. I think that right now uh, our, our world needs uh, 
some lightness. So, so I'm excited to get started on that. I agree. I agree. I mean, there was, you know, I don't know if you watched Bill Maher, but he was talking about the Oscar nominees and, yeah. you know, he called them blue De- Debbie Downer <laughs> movies and everything. And I was like, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I really had a hard time watching a lot of them. You know, it's my job to do yeah. that because I just, during right. the pandemic, I just wanted something light and, you know, I was, I was doing, you know, Hallmark love stories just... <laughs> Almost, right, almost, right, not right, quite. Right, but exactly, you know, I just exactly. wanted things that would just Daniel take your books. Yeah, I mean, just take you away from it. Don't want anything heavy. But I do want to be moved uh, when I do watch a, a movie. Yeah. And this this film really, it is it's uh, you know beautifully put together, beautifully directed, written, and well acted, and um, just a, just a lovely, lovely film. And I really highly recommend to everyone that y- you seek out. Reefa, R-E-E-F-A. Um, you, it's well worth your time and energy to watch it. And even though it's about a, a topic that, um, you know, is sad, uh, it's a very uplifting. And I loved the end credits, yeah. um, how you put that together. Oh, yeah. Was that easy for you to find the footage to, to do that? Yeah, you know, again, there was something about this story that just everybody wanted to help. A lot of times... Um, you know, with, with credits like this that were shot by news footage or different people, um, they're hard to track down and, and sometimes people want a lot of money for them. And this time we called them, we told them what the situation we were in and what we were trying to do. And everyone just responded right away and handed over anything they had. It was, it was incredible. That's great. And it, it was amazing how yeah. much um, the actors did look like the the real people yeah. in this film. <laughs> that was awesome. Pretty amazing yeah. too. So. Yeah, no, I mean, we tried, you know, there, there's things we obviously we had to take some creative liberties with. It's, it's not easy to tell, you know, 18 years worth of a life into 96 minutes, but um, we, we, we definitely tried with that at least. Well, Jessica, I wish you much success with this film. Rifa, everybody you, seek it out. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was a pleasure. Thank you. Um, A pleasure is mine, truly. You can listen to The Jam Price Show anywhere and everywhere uh, that you get your favorite podcast. We're on almost every podcast network there is, including the iHeart Podcast Network, Spotify, Google Play. You find us. Well, we're we're there. You'll find us. And also, you can go to thejampriceshow.com where all the shows are archived. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Jam Price Show. Thank you for listening.